All right, before we do our confession, how many of you have neighbors that you really don't like? Okay. A few of you? How many of you actually have neighbors that you enjoy? These beautiful people back here, introduce yourselves all the way from California. Welcome back to Nebraska. Just the best neighbors I think we've had in the last two or three weeks, maybe. Uh, They're actually our new neighbors. Uh, After service, I would love for some of you, not all of you, because they'll be overwhelmed, but some of you go introduce yourselves to Guy and Glenda, okay? They're fantastic people. I have no idea how they stayed married this long, kind of like my wife and I, but they're a great couple. So introduce yourselves. Those are our legit new neighbors. They may never come back again, so this is your one opportunity to go say hi to them, all right? Let's do our confession before we start with worship, all right? Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Read that last part again. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful
Your fire fall down and let your glory shine. Let your spirit dwell in us in this place. Oh, feel this place. So let your fire. Fall now and let your glory shine around. Let your spirit dwell in us in this place. Feel this place. Your glory which shines with your fire fall and your
nothing here
tongues of fire and filled with your power you called us sons and daughters we belong to the God of wonders We belong to the God of wonders Yes, I belong to the God of wonders My life belongs to the God of wonders
And we yield our members to you this day. And we declare your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We exalt you, Lord Jesus, our Savior, our soon-coming King. We worship you, the redeemed ones. We lift our voice to you today in praise. And Holy Spirit, we declare you're our teacher today, our comforter, our helper, our advocate, our intercessor. You're all those offices to us this day. I want to read to you a, a portion of Isaiah 60 because God's glory is being poured out in this hour. And I listened to Kent Christmas the other night. He said there's pockets of glory and I just asked the Father that we would be a pocket of glory for this region. I, I love this passage of Scripture from Isaiah 60. It says, Arise! And shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. And His glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Father, we thank you for your promise of your glory and your presence. And I thank you, Father, you're breathing new life into your church in this hour. Your remnant is arising. And I thank you, Father, your glory shall be seen upon your people. We worship you. We honor you, Holy One. And we thank you for speaking to us today from the Word of, the, of God, your Word, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your manifested grace and mercy and your divine favor that surrounds us as with a shield. In Jesus' name, and all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. seated. I have three quick announcements. We don't get enough word, so once a month on Monday nights at 7 o'clock, we have a word service, a teaching service. So Usually it's the first Monday of the month, but we postponed it till this week. So it'll be tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. doesn't last long. Just a teaching of the Word of God on the Holy Spirit. Wednesday night at 7, we have prayer. 
And on, mark this, you may want to mark this down, on Saturday, July 31st, we are hosting a women's self-defense class. Uh, it is, what did I say, Sunday, July, Saturday, Saturday, July 31st, from 10 to 2, women's self-defense. We have a gentleman from Omaha that works in law enforcement that is a self-defense specialist. He and Micah teach the class. It's for anyone that wants to come. We've had we've offered it two times before from 16-year-olds to 70-year-olds. It's practical. It's, it's just a good class to be in, and especially before girls go back to school. And so we would encourage that. If you're interested in that, uh, talk to Mike, raise your hand, talk to Mike after the service, and we'll announce that in the next, but it's Saturday, July 31st, and we only have room for what, 12, 15? 12 to 15, so if you're interested, get signed up. We've already got a few people signed up, so before that fills up. So I encourage you to do that. The Lord tells us to be strong and of good courage, not wimps. Amen. Okay. So we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you need an offering envelope, raise your hands. The ushers will get you one. And while you're doing that, we are just doing a little sidetrack teaching on the Holy Spirit. And so while you're doing that, I will go ahead with that. We've talked about God has a purpose for everything. He just doesn't do something to do something. There's a purpose for everything. And he talked about, Jesus talked about, I have to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. So there was a purpose for sending the Holy Spirit into our lives. The two primary functions of the Holy Spirit in our lives is for private edification and public exhortation. If we get the private part right, the public will be better. It'll be on track. So we want to get the private. We've been talking about private edification. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, He who prays in an undone tongue edifies himself. He builds himself up spiritually. So we build our spirit man up. By the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8.26, he helps us to pray effectively according to the will of God when we don't know exactly how to pray as we should. So when you just don't know how to pray, you don't know the perfect will of God in a situation, you can pray, pray in your prayer language and be assured that the Holy Spirit is helping you pray the perfect will of God. In Romans 8.14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He leads us. God leads us. Always remember God leads the devil pushes. If you're feeling pushed on something, stop and listen to the leading of God and not the push of the devil or the flesh. So he leads us. And the more we build ourselves up, the more we become more spirit man conscious, the more likely we are to be led by the spirit of God. But today we're going to go to Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to read you verses 4 through 8. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons uh, which the father has put into his own authority, but 
You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and to Samaria and to all the end of the earth. So one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit in our life is for power. And we think, you know, there's four different power words throughout the scriptures. One means capacity and ability. One means authority. One means might and force. And one means effective power shown in the ability to rule and reign. That does not mean that God gives us power to dominate other people. It gives us power, number one, to dominate our own flesh. Because if we're going to be effective witnesses, it isn't just what comes out of our mouth. It's how we live our lives. So he gives us power to effectively grow in godly character. He also gives us power to for the work of the ministry. And so many times we think the work of the ministry is just for fivefold ministry gifts, and it's not. The work of the ministry is for all of us. I want to read you um, a commentary from my Bible on this portion of Scripture. It says, In the Old Testament, only those uniquely called or anointed of God received the Holy Spirit. But under the New Covenant, every believer is offered the promise of the Father. Look up Luke 24, 29 if you're interested. The active presence of the Holy Spirit, it is by this activity of the Spirit's fullness in the life of every believer that the ministry of Christ in his church continues. So believe that the power of God comes, uh, believe that the power of God comes only by the Holy Spirit. Do not attempt ministry without the Holy Spirit. That's so many times where we've seen failures and and discouragement, and it's because people are trying to do things by the flesh. We need to be led by the Spirit of God in everything we do. Seek and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Continually be refilled with the Spirit to regularly renew your life and ministry. Exercise your prayer language as part of the Spirit's flow in your life. Expect the Spirit-filled relationship with Jesus to help you speak boldly with courage and spiritual understanding share jesus boldly ask the holy spirit to confirm your testimony so there are four purposes build yourself up pray effectively be led and have a life full of power so the holy spirit is a serves a purpose in our life and my goodness we want that in our lives so he um, pastor mike will be teaching more tomorrow on the holy spirit at seven o'clock God's moving. Amen. We're going to uh, continue, and I've been on a series, and I'm not done with it. I was going to unhook a few weeks ago, and I just believe the Spirit of God prompted me to to continue. I want you to find in your Bibles Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4, verse 13. This is so much better than REL Speedwagon anyway. A lot of disappointed people last night, but we're not disappointed. Amen. Praise God, because we serve the ultimate rock star, and his name's Jesus. Amen. He is the rock. We've been on Esther chapter 4 because I believe the Spirit of God wants to get this on the inside of you and in your thinking. And... uh 
we find it in 4, verse 13. We have Esther and her cousin Mordecai, who took her under wing when she was an orphan child and raised her. And uh, she's a beautiful woman. She had a lot of class. And uh, God gave her favor with the king. And she went through a preparation period to become the queen. Well, we find out why God put her in that position. Because ultimately, Mordecai and her saved the Jewish people. And uh, we pick up in Esther chapter 4 and verse 13. He's basically exhorting his cousin, you, you better get with the program. He says, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Now, this is what I want you to see. I want you to learn this like two plus two is four. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That, that's so prophetic. Even for the, the body of Christ now, that applies to us. And there are three, three words in that scripture. The word was you and the word was time. And we looked, we're looking at the word kingdom. And uh, I, I want to just review quickly so you, so you have an understanding we said, like Esther and Mordecai, you have a destiny to fulfill. Say, I have a destiny in Christ to fulfill. The enemy is a liar. The Bible says he's the father of lies. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to perch on your shoulder and tell you because of your background, you're not, gonna, you're not worthy to do anything big for God in his kingdom. He's a liar. And as we mature in Christ, we begin to recognize that. We walk, you know, by faith and then not by sight. We walk in the Spirit and will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We're led by the Spirit of God because we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we have to, in the days ahead, develop this, this mentality and, and discover who we are in Christ Jesus. No longer just a sinner. You and I are the righteousness of God in Christ because of the precious blood of Jesus. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. So you have right standing with the Father. And the Bible says you and I can come boldly before His throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace to help in time of need. So we have boldness and access with confidence because of our faith in Jesus. It's not because of you. It's all because of Him. And in these last days, we're going to see Jesus Christ be exalted. I was listening to uh, uh, the Enlows. They're a precious prophetic couple. I didn't know their background, what they came out of, and it's interesting. And I saw a lot of similarities with what Kathy and I went through years ago. Because what happened was we saw people being exalted in ministry. Men and, and apostles and so-called prophets standing up and, 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 you know, basically he said this, bottom line, the day of the megachurch is over. It's not about men and their plans and purposes. It's all about God. 
And if we'll exalt God, I can remember when I was young, a young minister out of Bible school, I wanted a big church. I was being mentored by a, a man and, that had a big church. And, oh, I thought, I want to have a big church. And, and, you, you, and that's, that's a dangerous thing. It's not about just being big. It's about being effective. So I've learned I want to be effective, not just big. Now, if it gets big, that's fine. But I'm past that point in my life. I don't give a rat's rump. Notice I said that. It's all about Jesus in these last days. It's not about a man. And so, you know, you have a, a destiny to fulfill. These, we said there's three keys to determine your destiny. If God planned it for you, it will happen. God gives us unique gifts and talents and our destiny is tied to those unique gifts and talents. Then we said we need to remember God's timing. If you don't have this devotional, I encourage you to get it. I know some of you, we, we ordered some and you got it, but it's by Brenda Kuhneman, and, and it is so good. I, I read it every day, and, and I, I read this one, and I want to read this to you. If I can find it here, let me make sure I got the right one. Oh, I got the wrong book. No wonder. July 6. And listen to this. And let this go, these words sink down deep in your heart. It is not by accident that you were born in this time. For you have been graced for it, says God. Focus upon your gifts and abilities and let me enrich them one by one. For I have gifted you a Especially for this hour. Then she quotes the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. That in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Say this with me. I come behind in no gift. You and I are not going to lack for gifts and talents and anointings. She says this, and this is what I want you, this is the crux of the matter here. Let me read it to you. It says, the reason many people don't live to their fullest potential is because they focus too much on their inadequacies. And don't believe in themselves the way God does. God has personally graced you. You weren't born by accident or at the wrong time. You were born during the perfect time to do something wonderful on the earth. The key is to break past. The key is to break past all the obstacles that have obstructed you from seeing your own gifts and unique capabilities. You can begin to see more clearly how God has gifted you by putting you in, putting into practice these four things. Number one, believe you are gifted by God. Say this, I am gifted by God. Number two, see your talents Bigger than your inabilities. Number three, I'm, I should skip this one. Never complain about what doesn't seem to work out right. I'm going to read that one again. Never complain. Say that with me. 
Never complain. Never complain about what doesn't seem to work out right. And number four, refuse to see yourself as a failure even when circumstances make you feel like one. How many got circumstances every day? Loud voices speaking in your ear. You're a failure. You're, ne- you're never going to amount to anything. Well, you need to recognize that's not your father. That's the devil. That's your enemy. If you begin here with a positive attitude, then God can open the way for your gifts to be developed and enriched by his spirit. See that God has anointed you powerfully today. Say this with me. Father, I thank you that I'm gifted to do great things during this time in history. I believe today that I'm not going to fall short in any talent you have given me. And you shall help me grow in each one of them in Jesus' name. That's good. Some of us need to stop thinking negative thoughts. Some of us and I include we're all guilty of it, stop complaining. Complaining does not attract God. It attracts the devil. You should pray, let the words of my mouth, Father, and the meditation of my heart always be pleasing in your sight. Let my speech be with grace, seasoned with salt, that I don't know how to answer every man. You've given me, Father, the tongue of the learned, that I might know how to speak a word in season to him who's weary. So I want all of us, every one of you today, to be careful about your words. I see, and and sometimes we don't see the gifts and graces because of all the activity and the circumstances and the affairs of life and all the problems. We're distracted from discerning our gifts. But yet I can stand back with some of you and I can see your gifts. I'm amazed at your gifts. Now you need to begin to see yourself that way. The reason why is because there's a harvest coming. There's a harvest of souls. There's a harvest people from all walks of life. You know, it's like my mama when she fix fried chicken she'd put put it in a sack with flour and shake it up did your mama do that that's how my mama did it that's what god's doing right now with all of us amen we need an elvis song didn't he have one about all shook up or <laughs> but when we do that when that happens Many times, things come to the surface. The flesh, personality quirks, amen. And I'm telling you, we're living a, living a, just ask my family, I got some quirks. No, don't ask my family. Don't even ask my neighbors. I'm different. That's right. Who said that's okay? You're my friend forever. That's okay. 
I am different. I have idiosyncrasies. I've worked a long time to develop them. And they're good. So do you. We went to the carnival last night because she didn't want to cook and she thought, well, we'd go down there to eat and just eat. I just like to sit and look at people. Man, there's some weird ones out there. I, I, I just, I didn't, I couldn't understand somehow them girls dressed. And uh, it was different. I think the women were back in the seven. No, I won't get back there. There whole, there's a whole group of people out there that don't know Jesus. They don't know him. And if they don't know him, they're going to hell. But we're the people that God is putting together in a sack. Shaking us all up and spreading that out. And we can reach him. Bobby, I can't reach some of the people you can reach. I can't. All of you, I can't reach some of those people. But you can. God will hook you up. And you'll cross paths with people. And, uh, I mean, I have my own group. <laughs> I had somebody this week <laughs> show up to buy something that I had to sell. Caleb arranged it, and only Caleb could do that. And uh, it, it was different. But before we were done, he said, give me a hug. And I hugged him, even though he didn't have a shirt on. He was all sweaty. God loves people. And he's no respect to her persons. Bobby and Laura getting ready to go up to Sturgis. Now, I, I haven't been there ever when that Sturgis was going on. But you know, there's some people, ministers up there preaching the gospel. In fact, we need to pray this Wednesday night for, for some of that, those people. Don't get so high and mighty that you think you know it all. That you, you know, I'm just telling you, when you see people that rub you wrong and are different and they dress different and they have tattoos, I'd probably get one, but I'm getting saggy. It just isn't going to look good. Can't you see me with a heart and with... Mike loves Kathy and an arrow going through that. Do you think I'd get that one? I'd wake up and it'd be gone. <laughs> Sandpaper. <laughs> oh, I love my wife and she loves me. We're just not diff- We're just different. Amen. I got to get back. We're not going to finish this. So I'm going to have to skip some stuff again. Paul said... In Colossians 4.11, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God. So we've talked about the U word. We've talked about time. Now we're talking about kingdom. 
We said your destiny is tied to working with others in the body of Christ. That's what I'm thinking about that sack full of chicken being shook together and then. Your destiny is tied to working with others. Say that my destiny is tied to working with others in the body of Christ. That's what you call teamwork. Say teamwork. Teamwork is defined as a joint action by a group of people in which individual interests are subordinated to group unity and efficiency. God links lives according to his sovereign purpose. The Father links lives according to his sovereign purpose. There are people that have been here with Kathy from the beginning, and he put us together with the right mix. And now God is adding people to the body that are just going to enhance the flavor of the chicken. And I, I'm, I'm amazed and I'm humbled that God would bring you here. We need you. You are important. If the enemy is lying to you and you're having issues with that, come to me and I'll exhort you and encourage you. Amen? Because you are important to the body of Christ. When we have Jesus, there is no more history, background, where you came from. It's gone. It's washed by the blood of Jesus. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Some of you will be called upon in the days ahead for your testimony. So you need to be prepared. I might be here on a Sunday morning and I might say, so-and-so, get up and give your testimony. You need to be ready for that. You come from a background of abuse. You come from a background of of, um, drugs, alcohol that had a hold on you, relationships. Probably one of the most enjoyable things I ever did as a minister was an interview, Bobby. Because I think it helps... Let that sink in how God can take anybody. I wanted to say criminal, but that wasn't, I didn't want to, you, yeah. And, and transfer you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of light, into the kingdom of the son of his love. Just like that. Is he perfect? No, I'm not perfect. If you want to, people say to you, what kind of church do you go to? This is how you respond. A church filled with characters. To me, I like that. God links lives according to his sovereign purpose. We're talking about unity. Remember in 2 Chronicles 5 when when the priests and the musicians all came together in, in one accord making one sound. The glory of God fell. See, there will be no glory unless there's unity. No glory unless there is unity. And like I said, the minister years ago told me, you can tie two cat's tails together and call them unified, but they're not. We want the real deal. 
I want the glory of God. Well, that means I'm going to have to work with people. And my mind is going, I'm even going to have to work in the days ahead with some other ministers. Because this isn't the only church in town. You go to Baskin Robbins, there's a lot of flavors. Well, I don't know what, what flavor we'd be called. Probably vanilla, because that's my favorite. What? Pralines? Okay, whatever. Anybody ask you what kind of church you go to, just say flavorful. The glory of God is defined as this. In the Hebrew, it means weightiness. When the glory comes down, it's you can, you can. I hate to use this word in the natural, but feel. The best word is sense. Because it's spiritual. It's not of the natural. It's of the spirit. It comes down. It's a weighty thing. That's why many times when people... You know, come up and they're prayed for. The anointing of God comes. They succumb to that glory and they fall. You can't get in in the true glory and the manifested presence of Almighty God and not. You can try to fight it. You might as well give up and yield to it. It means honor. It means splendor. It means power. It means wealth. And I'm going to tell you something else. I read from Isaiah 60. When the glory of God begins to manifest, the real thing, there will be money. The problem is, in decades past, ministers come and they fall, they fail in their ministry because of the love of money. Money is not evil, it's the love of money. All I, I learned this from Buddy Harrison years ago, and it was it stuck with me. All money is is a tool. It's a tool. And this church, for all the years that we've been here, we know how to use the tools. But when the glory of God comes, there'll be there'll be finances. It also means authority, riches, excellency. Everyone say excellency. See, when Solomon built the temple, I see when I when I die and go to heaven, I believe I can go to the past and, and see things. I want to see Solomon's temple in all its splendor. But he did everything in excellence. And it's always been Kathy's heart and my heart with what whatever God gives us. This was a bankrupt property. Be the make it the best property you can. Ask Nate about what I think about weeds. I was getting nervous again. Barney was getting nervous. But you were ahead of me, weren't you? Got them weeds sprayed. We need to make the building look as good as it can. Some people won't make any difference, but... Amen? You, you need to. Do everything in excellence. Matthew 6.13 says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Where's, did you ever pray that? The Lord's Prayer. For yours, Father, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. See, the true kingdom of God, there will be manifested power and glory. That's why in these last days, we have to fulfill 
his kingdom plans and purposes. Then we said unity is a threefold cord. In Ecclesiastes 4, it says unity is a triple braided cord. One friend plus another friend plus Christ makes the cord not easily broken. Then we also told you when Christ is the priority in a friendship, in a church family, Satan cannot stop that. He's defeated. That's why we have to come together. Amen. We said unity demands agreement. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? Agreement demands mutual agreement or commitment to each other. True unity and agreement is the result of seeking first the kingdom of God, not your personal agenda. And I just believe that God has given these pastors, Kathy and I, the ability to discern people with a personal agenda. Because I'm not here for your personal agenda. You're not here for your personal agenda. Our personal agenda is Jesus. And that's it. Now, God's gifts and graces in you will enhance that. Welcome. Amen. We said unity requires being a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. When peace rules in our hearts, we can be peacemakers. A peacemaker is willing to give up his perceived rights in favor of others. Now look at John 13. I won't go on. I'll unhook here. I always unhook. I won't wear out your backside. Just give me at least five, seven minutes more. In fact, I'll, there's another one after this, but I'm, just, I'm going to concentrate. We'll end with this. True unity. God's unity is fostered by love. God's unity, true unity, an outpouring of the Spirit of God is fostered by love. And in John 13 and verse 34, we read this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So you see how important love is? Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still what? Sinners. This kind of love is agape love. And I've had this definition for years. I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's very good. It denotes an undefeatable benevolence, an unconquerable goodwill that always seeks the highest good of the other person, no matter what he or she does. It is a self-giving love that gives freely without asking anything in return and does not consider the worth of its object. Now, that's where a lot of people will fall short. Because we tend to look at people and judge them, don't we? By the way they dress, and their tattoos, and their hair, and right? We do it. We're all guilty of it. We look at people and we think, oh, geez, they must come from a tough background. Amen? God doesn't do that. Agape love does not consider the worth of its object. Agape is more a love by choice. Now listen, 
Then phileos love, which is a love by chance. And it refers to the will rather than the emotion. That's so important. I want to say that again. It's a self-giving love that gives freely without asking anything in return, does not consider the worth of its object. Agape love, or the God kind of love, is more a love by choice. See, you and I in the days that are ahead, we're going to have to make a choice to love people. No matter where they come from. What was it? Kent Christmas said that all these kinds of people were going to come in. Huh? Be ready. Be ready. Bobby, Laura, I'm going to call on you. There are going to be some times you're going to have to just take the initiative and minister to some people. And some of you will, will have to pair you up and team you up just like dodgeball when we were kids. Get you on the right team. Amen? So you can minister effectively. Agape is more a love by choice than phileos, which is a love by chance, and it refers to the will. Everyone say will. Rather than the emotion. See, too many Christians live their life according to their emotions. Agape love describes the unconditional love God has for the world. Amen? Now, I'm going to skip the rest. I'm going to close with this. Would you stand to your feet, please? See, did I tell you five to seven minutes and did I quit? Pastor Brad, did you hear that? That's all right. He's, he needs to learn some things, too. If you say you're going to quit, quit. Now I'm going to go into my real sermon today. I quit the first one. Now I'm going to start the second one. Listen to this. This here again is... is Brenda Kuhneman. I'll tell you what, you want to know why Hank is the way he is? Because he's got her. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't be here without her. Amen? And some of you men, it applies too. Listen to this. I'm going to declare this over you. So just, just close your eyes and listen. It's not long. We declare that you live in harmony and unity with your fellow believers. We prophesy that a sense of kinship resides in your spirit that enables you to maintain oneness with your brothers and sisters in Christ. May you be able to properly discern the Lord's body in truth and in love. We say the power of misunderstanding, division, miscommunication, and discord are broken and replaced by communication, understanding, and agreement. May you be able to find places of peace and harmony, even with those whom you cannot see eye to eye on certain viewpoints. May you be free from any hurts, feelings of betrayal caused by a brother or sister in the Lord. May the ability to forgive be the element that reigns supreme in your heart. And we say you experience the pleasantness that comes from being united. We decree you're able to effectively function in the local church body and supply a positive contribution to the kingdom of God. Now, i got to say that one again because I'm a pastor. We say and decree you are able to effectively function at Harvest Church 
and supply a positive contribution to the kingdom of God, may your unity with the body of Christ descend like the oil of the Holy Spirit upon your life in Jesus' name. Man, that is good. Look at your neighbor and say, we need you. Shape up. Or ship out. No, don't say that. Anyone here today, you're sick in your body and you need prayer for your physical well-being. Are you all healthy? Amen. Are you all wealthy? How many got Jesus? You'll prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Is everyone here with uplifted hands say, I, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. Hey, hey boy, you're an obedient group today. If you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost, with evidence and speaking in other tongues, or you've had prayer and hands laid on you to receive that gift, and yet your tongue hasn't manifested, then you need to come tomorrow night. We're going through this methodically so you can... You know, have have an understanding. It's understanding, it's knowledge that will help you. Amen. I bless this body of believers today. They were blessed coming in. Now they're blessed going out. I declare and decree their gifts and graces this week will affect and touch the lives of people. I thank you, Lord, they're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I declare the spirit of boldness, the lion of the tribe of Judah, resides within them. And the spirit of God, the anointing of God is upon them, that when they open their mouths, words are given to them, that they will fearlessly and boldly make known the mystery of the gospel as they should. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow the people of Harvest Church. They lay hands on the sick. They cast out devils. And I thank you, Lord, people are healed and delivered by the power of God. I declare the glory of God is manifested in their lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone that believed that said, Amen. Amen. Anything else? God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you.